Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us during the week, Monday through Friday, on Dash Radio. That's the Nothing But Net channel from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Although I'm not sure that this one will make it there because we're doing this on a Friday night. Also check out fivereasonsports.com. That's fivereasonsports.com for all the latest South Florida sports content, including the Miami Marlins. Now the Heat did not have such a good night tonight, but the Miami Marlins have made the playoffs for the first time in 17 years with a win on the road against the Yankees where all the good stuff happened in 2003. And so they are going to the playoffs. So make sure you check out all of our content from David Fernandez, Chris Chase, and the others in the five reasons sports network. Also our YouTube channel. I'm not sure you would want to watch the pregame stream now, but that was on there today, but also all of the other original shows, uh, including our dolphins post game from their win on Thursday night. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. That includes Mr. Kitchen, which can handle all of your construction needs with licensed contractors. They do custom American made cabinetries, 15 years of serving South Florida with showrooms in Broward and Palm Beach counties. Call or text a picture of your kitchen to 561-400-1195. 561-400-1195 for a free estimate. Add the code 5 on the floor for 5% off your total job. So 5% off the total job by telling them 5 on the floor. Again, it's mrkitchen.org. All you got to do is send them uh, what your kitchen looks like. 561-400-1195, and they'll give you a free estimate. And now, the latest episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We had thought about doing a stream tonight if it was going to be a party. Uh, this is not a party. So it's just uh, it's a party of two right now. It's, it's myself and Greg Sylvander. I think there's a possibility Alex Toledo may join us, although he was at a different kind of party tonight. So I'm not really sure. Uh, Greg, let's just get right to it. You know, the Miami Heat got, are getting pushed out of six games um, by the Boston Celtics. I had this series going seven from the beginning. I did think they could close it out tonight. They gave up 41 points in the third quarter. And, and my overall th- – we're going to get into some of the specifics and the matchups and the players and Jason Tatum. Look, Jason Tatum tonight uh, had 31-10-6. and six. He played like a superstar. And Jalen Brown had 28-8. Okay, so they're, they're two elite young, young players, you know, emerging – you know, an emerging star in Jalen Brown and a legitimate star at this point in Jason Tatum. They played extraordinarily well. But, I mean, to me, it comes down to two things. The Miami Heat could have blown this game open in the first half if they just made through some three-point shots, and they didn't. And this is now three straight games, and we've had the Jay Crowder regression to the mean has hit hard. 
um, to the point where he, he wasn't making the threes. He, I, I give him credit for finding other ways to contribute, but I thought it gummed up their offense a lot. Um, and then really, you know, Bam out of bio didn't look right tonight. I, I don't know if he is more hurt than they're letting on, which is something we suspected when we talked about this in the pregame. He was outplayed by Daniel Tice. If Bam Adebayo is being outplayed by Daniel Tice and you have those kind of performances from Brown and Tatum, even if you get really good Duncan Robinson in the first half and you get Goran Dragic battling, it's not going to be enough. And it just wasn't enough. It was not. I mean, in the second half to be outscored 70 to 50 overall, uh, that's just really hard to overcome. Uh, I think, you know, it's important to recognize that Boston is a good team, a great team, and um, they're not going to go away quietly. So uh, it, I don't think that this is a surprise that necessarily Boston put up this kind of effort. But what is surprising is now that we are seeing a trend here of the three-point shooting going in the wrong direction. And what's particularly concerning about that is that this team has uh, kind of, you know, made an oath to just live and die by the three pointer. And when you see them shooting 19% tonight, Jay Crowder, as you mentioned before, the regression to the mean, I think in the last four games, he's somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, eight or nine for 33. So that's neighboring, that's uh, hovering around 18%. So he's kind of trending where Miami is. And, uh, and that's concerning. I think that uh, Dragic, as well as he played and kind of kept the team in the game in the second half uh, before it kind of just got away from them. He was one of seven from three. So he still wasn't really providing that for them. So it's something that they're going to have to look at. Other than that, I thought Jimmy had a lackluster second half, and that was definitely something that, uh, you know, to close this team out, you're going to need valiant efforts across the board. And the last thing I'll say, and I know that, like, we're going to unpack some of this in further discussion, but um, I know that Bam looked good with a few of those jumpers mid-range and stuff like that, but ultimately – when you're not seeing him catch those lob dunks and you're not seeing him be aggressive in certain ways, it, it leads me to believe he's hurting a little bit. So these are all things to monitor as we head into game six. He wasn't, we're, we're going to bring Alex Toledo in here in a second. Um, he was not aggressive for, for rebounds tonight. Uh, like you mentioned, he didn't play above the rim tonight. I, I don't know. Are we sure it's, are we sure it's a wrist? And it's not something else. I mean, it almost looked to me like he had a shoulder issue. I, I, I'm, they're not going to tell us. I mean, this is an organization that I always remember so many instances. I mean, you know, they were, they were saying Mike Miller was fine and Mike Miller was telling me he was going to retire in 24 hours. You know, I, you know and I, I remember being in the locker room in Boston in 2010. I think it was 2010, the year that Quentin Richardson was on the squad. And we didn't know Quentin had an injury. And Tim Donovan, the, the Heat's media relations director, came over to us and said, oh, Quentin's having surgery tomorrow. I mean, that's, that's the way that they, they operate with injuries. I, um, I don't know. He didn't look – he did not look right. I also thought that – I don't think coaching moves were a huge factor in this game. I don't know when the Heat are shooting that poorly and playing that poorly in the second half what Eric really could have done. But I will say we talked about playing Cantor. Um, they, you know, Stevens played Cantor. I thought that that bought them some time when, when other things were not going well. And then, you know, both Cantor and Tice outplayed Bam. Um, and, and again, that, that leads me to believe Bam's not right right now. Um, Alex, your thoughts? Or is he on the Zoom? I mean, honestly, yeah. 
I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think Bam, this was easily his worst game in the series. The one game where he didn't look like the best player in the series to me. Uh, he just was not aggressive as, as far as getting those lobs. And uh, they, he kind of allowed them to cut off the lob angle every time. I, I don't know if he's hurt or not. I just know that uh, his impact wasn't nearly as much as, as far as the offensive side. We know that he's still important to everything they do on defense. But we know their defense was not particularly, particularly good tonight at all. Uh, that's, I think, the biggest part to what happened is Bam not really being effective, right? Because I think he sets up so much of what they do on offense. Where it's like, if he's not going whatsoever, it's tough, man. Like, you had Jimmy and Goran really kind of doing their own thing for buckets. And they can do that, right? Like, they both were technically more or less efficient tonight. But that's not the game that they really want to get to, right? Like, I don't think they want to be running the 30 and 11 offense when it was Goran and Dion. And it was a good offense, right? But this is a – what they've had this season, this amazing offense that's been so elite is, is a motion thing. And I think the, the Celtics, with the increased switching – and increase playing, you know, Grant Williams and not Robert Williams and just making sure to, you know, attack the zone in the middle. And just, they, they were just playing more disciplined, frankly. I think that the Celtics had a couple of really undisciplined uh, defensive games. And today they just looked completely the opposite. They looked, they, they executed a lot better, I think, than in other games. And they really got the heat out of their offense. I'm not worried. I don't think this team is going to fold in two straight games. Like this team has not shown the characteristics to be a team that can do that. I'm not trying to jinx anything, but I'm just saying. I, I do trust in this team. I just I just think tonight there was a lot of problems. And this is, by the way, the third straight game where they missed a ton of open threes. Well, well, that's that's the big thing. Um, and, and you know that that's a trend that we keep saying isn't going to continue. But now we're at three straight games. I, I think sometimes we overemphasize what a team does poorly, and don't emphasize what a team does well. I, I thought Boston was excellent in the second half. I mean, they got to their game. I mean, that's their game. They were aggressive defensively. Um, their wings were flying around. Jalen Brown's making shots. Was this? You know, I still don't think Kemba's playing great. Was this but, the first day where I, I mean, the first game for the Celtics where like their three best players actually played like their three best players at the same yeah. time? Yeah. I feel I, like I, even though Kemba didn't dominate, he definitely, he definitely no, he made gave, a he, huge impact on, on, on some of those runs. And, and I think like uh, Brown, Walker, and Tatum all looked like the best players at the same time, which I feel like hasn't really come in every game for them. No, it, it had, right. And, and then you throw in, you know, Tice. And so, you know, and Canner. I mean, you, if you, you know, can't, and, and, if you can't like expose Canner when he's on the floor, if he's winning the matchup outright like that and the bench is just getting outplayed like that, not to mention all the mysteries, not to mention all these calls that Tatum is getting. Like, it's just a lot of things didn't go their way tonight. And we already talked about Bam. Like, this is not the profile of a game they win whatsoever. I think, uh, I haven't heard Spo talk yet, but I think he's going to say that. Like, they didn't, they did not really play in the same ways that they have in the rest of the series, the rest of the, the, the playoff run. Uh, well, I'm watching some of these highlights, ESPN showing a couple, and in both of them, Bam is slipping back defensively. They just it was not that level of aggression. Um, I, you know, the, the other, again, we can talk some rotation stuff. I mean, I, you know, I thought, you know, he ended up going 10 deep, although DJJ hardly played. Olenek played that one short stint, no none, a little bit of Solomon Hill. Um, Iguodala didn't play well tonight either. I, they just, they, I don't know. They, I mean, they, again, they got, and then, and then hero let, let's get into hero a little bit. Um, he ended up with 12 points, but he was not impactful, which again is something I think we talked about on the pregame show that he may be more of a decoy tonight than anything else. We thought we talked about this at halftime. He could get loose in the second half because they were focusing on Duncan. I'll tell you, I was communicating with Duncan's high school coach, during the game, we've had Jay Tilton on from Exeter Hoop, and he said, oh, I hope that ankle's okay. <laughs> and, and I think that that maybe took Duncan out of things a little bit also. 
and he really didn't play much. How much did Duncan play in the second half? He played a ton. He played 20 minutes in the first half, right? And what did he the, play in the second half? 17 minutes and only had, uh, if I'm looking at that, because I think he had 17 in the first half, so essentially. No, he had 20 in the first half, I think. Pretty sure. But well, I then. If he had 20 in the first half, then he didn't score in the second half. <laughs> oh, okay. no, he had 17 points. I thought you meant minutes. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, really, didn't, um, he really didn't do it. This, this is interesting, this stat on ESPN. The Heat have this season, including the playoffs, have blown 18 leads of 10 or more points, most in the NBA. Now, some of those are literally 10 months ago. It's, it's hard to even remember them. But they do – they're not um, – Again, I think this is a Jimmy characteristic that we've discussed. They're not good front runners. They're not, you know what I mean? They get up on you and they don't like they don't put you away. Most of Miami's overtime wins this year, they had to battle back into a lot of those games. You know, after bad third quarters, they kind of figure it out enough in the fourth. It's not really um their mentality to do it. I mean, I'm looking at Jimmy's numbers here, 17, 8, and 8. But you're right, the second half. They started to try to run some pick and roll with him. Um, they had a couple of good possessions with it, but other than that, he just he wasn't really there either. So I I don't yeah. I don't know. There wasn't the, a lot of positive. The the other thing too is as I kind of glance at the box score now and think about why did the team look timid and unsure of themselves and basically not aggressive for stretches is uh, the foul trouble. Like that has to play a factor. I mean, when you have Bam with five fouls, Dragic fouled out, Dragic rarely fouls out. I mean, I, I honestly can't even remember the last time he fouled out. Uh, and then you have Jimmy and Duncan both with four fouls. So it's like you kind of had this perfect storm of guys not being able to uh, – maybe feel as comfortable on offense worrying about picking up offensive fouls and then the ticky ticky tack stuff tatum was getting every call that i i mean i thought he got every call that you know he could potentially get and then the effort and intensity like boston knew that the season was on the line uh in the first half uh you know miami jumped out to that lead and and they just outplayed him i mean there's just really not much you can say you have to tip the cap to boston in this circumstance and you have to just trust that the team is going to come back and at some point all they got to do is shoot their season average. Again, I go mm -hmm. back to if they shot 38%, which was their uh, regular season average from three tonight, they hit 15 instead of seven and they outscore Boston. And I know it's not that simple, but ultimately they got to get closer to that kind of percentage shooting. And I think that this will take care of itself. But Alice, this is why I think that this is where that hurt them. You know, it's one thing to say if you make that many shots, but you're like, okay, it's, it's one of those things. You don't know how a game is going to play out. But if they made some of those shots in the first half when they were already out playing a Boston team that to me in the first quarter looked sort of out of sorts and timid themselves and they were timid and tight, they could have basically taken Boston's spirit completely out by halftime because they would have been up 15. And because they didn't make those shots in the first half and the game was tighter than it probably should have been at the half based on the way the two teams had played – when that carried over to the second half and Boston started to find a little bit of rhythm and Miami had got that front runner mentality, got away from them. So it's true. It's sometimes it's when you make those threes and they had so many opportunities in the first half, they could have had a 65. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. Five point sixty-eight point first half, which we've seen them have. If they just shot reasonably well, but you got Crowder missing for them in the first half. You know, Greg mentioned, you know, Dragic didn't shoot them well in the first half. Hero couldn't get on track. The only one who could was Duncan. Yep. That I was mean, it. Like I said before, like they got completely taken out of their game. And I think that's what we were kind of anticipating from the start of this series. I think the Celtics have just, again, gone to even more switching and they've just gotten better at finally attacking, you know, some of these, uh, some of these matchup stuff that, that Spall has done, specifically the zone. Like, I, I really do just think it's a matter of, them improving game after game like it didn't make sense that they it, it took them this long to beat the zone i think or at least that they were that ineffective like because they again to be clear they were at about 0.8 you know uh what is it points per possessions against the zone like that is really bad and they got a little better at it tonight but like like what you guys were talking about just now they got taken out of their game when duncan was in the first half you know just kind of scrapping for layups same thing as jay crowder right like they, they that's great that they're generating points off cuts when the three isn't falling but it's exactly what you're talking about. Those threes are not there. They're constantly switching and constantly making sure that none of these guys have any space to shoot, except Crowder, of course, who's just regressing and missing the open shots that he's been given this entire playoff run. But then, you know, when you have when you have uh, Bam not being effective in the pick and roll, I really do think that has been the head of their entire offense for this series, at least, because I think that's been the mm -hmm. one, you know, consistent way that they've been able to attack the Celtics is you, you kind of get Kemba and Tice to be the main defenders. And even if they're not the main ones, if Tice is there on the back line guarding Bam and he has to come up in a pick and roll, that lob should theoretic theoretically almost always be there. And either it demands the help and they get the shooter or it doesn't and Bam is there. That was not there tonight. And I really do think like that is just huge. I think it's absolutely been the biggest part of their offense and it's the biggest part of the ways that they can break down a team's defense and get these open shots and it wasn't there for them tonight they, they had to find other ways to score yeah no doubt um we'll, we'll get to more of this and we'll talk kind of about where they go in game six which is going to come up on sunday night i believe it's a 7 30 start before we do I want to tell you about another sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that's you break wheel fix which is a wheel repair and refinishing company that's located in north miami with 15 years of experience Visit our guy, Mark, and tell him about your bent or cracked wheels, which have been maybe damaged on the streets of South Florida. They've got fast turnaround times on most repairs, and they even offer the loaner wheels while they finish or refinish your wheels so you can keep your car on the road without interruption. If your wheels are faded or peeling, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers complete refinishing back to factory standards. If you're bored with the look of your wheels, U-Brake Wheel Fix offers over 5,000 finishes to customize the look of your wheels. That includes the dolphin colors, but also the vice colors. So don't spend money on new wheels when you can renew them at U-Brake Wheel Fix. U-Brake Wheel Fix offers a full line of custom wheels and tires for every vehicle application, and they offer house repair and complete vehicle customization so call you break wheel fix today or tomorrow since it's late when we're recording this call them tomorrow 305-748-0112 that's 305-748-0112 check them out online at youbreakwheelfix.com two more things mention five reasons sports when you call you receive 10 percent off your repair and we've got a fifth word for a 600 dollars contest a fifth word okay the first person to tweet at us and also tag you break wheel fix with all five code words, which I've already given you four, will win the prize. $600 uh, worth of value from you break wheel fix. 
And the fifth word is Goron. Okay, so we've given you four others. Goron is the fifth. First person to tweet that at Five Reason Sports and at you break wheel fix will win the six hundred dollar prize. And again, that's uh, free powder coating on a set of wheels. All right, let's get to it. We'll finish up here, and this one's going to sit up there uh, through Sunday, and then obviously we're going to pot off the game on Sunday night. Uh, let's get to the keys for game six. I mean, Miami's still up in this series, 3-2. I know the world's going to be ending. Everybody's going to be panicking on quote-unquote heat Twitter. At least you don't have the daily ESPN shows to kind of drive that madness. That's true. But we get the weekend now. We get the weekend. But, right, we'll you be out the- on their boats drinking away the – the fear. Exactly. The but there's not even a dolphin game to distract some of these people. So it's, it's, you know, it's, Hey, the Marlins hey, are in you, the playoffs. The, the, the you baby, the you baby. We, we just, Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. Actually, you know, a, a UM win by 30 over FSU will take people's minds off it for a little bit. And that's pretty much what okay. it should be. But let, let's get to the, like, give me one. I know what you're going to say, Greg, you're going to say make more shots and I get it. And I understand that at its core, that's what this is about, but give me something else they can do. <sighs> beyond that because i i feel like we keep saying that and we're waiting for you know they haven't had a four game shooting slump like the whole season right so you figure it's going to get better but is there something else they can do if the shots don't fall uh that's a great question uh because you knew where i was going with that uh answer but this i guess is something that i noticed tonight that i thought was interesting is that in the first half to relative success they didn't go to the zone at all they essentially played man-to-man D for the most part. And um, then they broke it out in the second half. Um, maybe there was a couple possessions late in that second quarter, but I, I, I don't think so as, I, as I'm kind of going cataloging the first half of my memory. So it was interesting to see them lean into the zone as much as they did and then get picked apart by it and not adjust back to it. So it, it was almost a situation. We talked about this at halftime about where uh, maybe Boston was expecting Miami to be zone heavy from the outset, and then they didn't do that. And it kind of threw Boston for a loop initially, and it took them a minute to adjust and figure out how they were going to com- like combat that. But then Miami kind of played into their hands in that maybe what they had been preparing for, the zone, is what they saw most of the second half for the stretches where Boston pulled away. So I guess the, the, the part of it for me is overall, you're going to have to come with your absolute best intensity and effort to close out the Boston Celtics. This is not the Indiana Pacers. Like, make no mistake about it. It is also not the, the Milwaukee Bucks from the standpoint of the things that this team can get to offensively compared to Milwaukee. So it's going to take a different kind of offense offensive or um, overall effort. And then I'm just interested to see how they approach the start of the game defensively and then what Spo sticks with as the game goes on in game six. All right. So the one thing to me, honestly, that stuck out, I mean, that stood out the most other than what I've already talked about with uh, kind of the band pick and roll stuff, not really being there for them on offense is the defensive side. I thought there was just way too many stretches there, especially in the second half where they just could not put together a sequence of multiple stops in a row. They could barely put one stop together. And I know a lot of it had to do with the foul calls. I was just as frustrated as everybody watching. Like there was a lot of the, those calls where I'm just staring in disbelief. And it, it was just honestly perfect that Goran fouled out uh, while getting elbowed in the face because it's just perfect. But um, the main thing to me is defense. I, I think they got to find a way to, you know, not let these wings get hot, man. And I don't think they're going to have the three-point night that they had again. And I'm talking about the Celtics here because – you know, between Brown, Tatum, and Kemba, they got six, ten threes. 
10 threes. And I know those are the three best players. Those guys are supposed to play like that every night, but they have it in this series. The zone is giving them problems. And like Leif said, uh, they didn't use it as much in this game. But Brown, he got a lot of those threes there off the zone because something that I've been, I've seen some, some of these uh, coaches on YouTube break down is that the Heat's guards in the back line of the zone defense kind of play up high on the wings and have essentially leave the corner open. And I think it's something that's, that's Spo has done specifically to kind of mitigate some of their defensive weaknesses and just give up the corner three rather than the one-on-one matchup. But Jalen Brown is nailing those right now. Like, if it was smart, I'd be okay with it. He is absolutely nailing those. He looks great. And he didn't look this great over the first couple of games. I just think they got to really amp their defense up on these wings. Cannot let them get in a rhythm whatsoever. There was too many times where I think they helped off of these guys. And I think you just got to make the wings their priority now because – the Celtics are at their best when those guys are the two best players and Kemba's the third. I think that is their championship recipe or, you know, their best shot at that. I, I can't – you cannot let them get in a rhythm. Tatum shot 8 of 22, not mm-hmm. great, but we saw him get in a rhythm there. Even even after that terrible first quarter, he really got all the shots he wanted, and he did a lot of pushing off, but, you know, the, the calls didn't go the East way tonight again. But I just think the defensive intensity was not there. The execution was not there. And I think well, that's well, really the biggest it. thing. Tatum shooting eight of 22. We've seen a lot of Jimmy Butler games this year where he shoots eight of 22, but plays a very similar game to what Tatum played tonight, which is that gets to the line. 14 pre- times, by the way, for Tatum. Puts, right, puts pressure on your defense and fills out the rest of the box score. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, that has to be Jimmy in game six. Um, to me, Jalen Brown went 12 of 23. I will, I, but you also mentioned the corner threes. I mean, I, they were all corner threes, I felt. It was like corner three after corner three from that top corner. To me, the, the, the single biggest thing that has to happen here is more of a mindset thing between now and Sunday. Do the Heat believe they're better than this team or not? Do they believe they're better than this team or not? Because they've been outscored in the series now. Um, they did lead tonight and gave it up, but they gave it up in a flurry. Um, and, and I, to me, it's, it's mindset because I, they looked to me in the second half today like they, they were on their heels, okay? And that mindset has to change between now and game, game six. I don't know if Pam, Bam is 100%. Spo is insisting vehemently that he is. Uh, that's what they're going to do. Um, By the way, the he, speaking of Bam, got out-rebounded by 12 tonight. Well, that's what I'm saying. They wasn't getting to the 50-50 balls. I mean, I, they, they were not aggressive in that sense. I, I think a lot of this is mindset. If Bam is not 100%, then they got to figure out a different way to attack. But, look, they've fought for this thing the whole year to be in this position. They talk about how great their chemistry is. To me, there was one guy who battled tonight, and that was Goron. And that's it. And, and there, there's got to be no two or three other guys. There's got to be two or three other guys who do. I mean, Duncan early, but – uh, you know, but then again, I, the ankle or whatever it was took him out of it a little bit. But th- there, there has to be an aggression. And like I said, Jimmy was fine tonight. He was better than he was in game. What was it? Game three? Uh, what was the game they lost? Yeah, but but yeah. he was not as he was not as as committed as he was in game four. Yeah, yeah. No, Jimmy could have been more aggressive for sure. I thought he played a good game overall for sure. Like like if you had to grade his game, I would probably give it a solid B plus A minus. I think he played a good game. But if you're talking about a game like this where so many other things are not working, even if he was efficient, he needs to be taking more than 11 shots. If yeah. The motion offense stuff was not working. Like, I get it that they had Bam at the top of the high post and they were getting cuts and they were finding decent looks from three. But when that stuff is not working, there needs to be a time and point where Jimmy just says, okay, I'm going to do this right now. I'm not going to let this team get all this momentum, get all this hope. Like, this is the time and place to close them out and really make that statement. I know it's easier said than done. It sounds, you know, obvious, but 
I just don't think that aggression was there, man. I, I, I think it's going to be their next game. And I'm just going to say right now, I don't think there's going to be a game seven. I, I, the looks on their faces, the looks of disgust, right? Like, it, I really liked it. I appreciated seeing it because it's like, okay. Yeah, they recognize they what's going on. I don't think it's we're going to see a game seven. I don't think we're, I think we're going to see high intensity on both ends of the floor next game. Something that Spo said at the beginning of this series, um, before anything, uh, was talking about the difference between scheme and disposition and what's more important. And he talked, and he also talked about um, it's not about matchups uh, like in cross matches. It's about winning your individual matchup. And I think that they're going to need to kind of readdress that and talk to each guy about winning individual matchups. And you're not going to win right. every single one of them. But like this is like when they won the last game and Tyler Hero kind of imposed his will and took over in game one when Gorn had 29 and kind of like imposed his will when he was you know dropping his shoulder and hitting step back jumpers and threes and stuff like that they're gonna need a guy to to approach in that fashion and they just didn't get it tonight but uh game six is a new game and uh they'll get it done all right i think jimmy butler's on the zoom calls now so uh, i sent him over a little bit late to alex so we're gonna try to jump on there uh we're gonna close this here uh before we do i'll tell you about one more uh one more contest here that we're running before we do I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. That's the Seltzer Mayberg law firm. If you've had a car accident or a slip and fall, if you were hurt as a result of someone else's negligence, make sure you give the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg a call. They're available 24 seven at one call legal.com spell it out. O N E call legal.com. Or you can call one 5,000 law. That's one 5,000 5,000 law with a centralized office located right off I-95 in Miami. We know because that's also our office. They're ready to take on your case, whether it's in South Florida or anywhere in the state. OneCallLegal.com. All right, the final thing we wanted to mention, we're going to be doing some takeovers on the Biscayne Bay Brew stream. So be on the lookout for those because you'll get merchandise, you'll get beer, all kinds of cool stuff. There's actually going to be one there for the Miami FSU game on Saturday night. So with the Heat having an off night, one of our guys, Paul Austria, uh, who covers the Canes for us, he's going to be on there. And again, uh, the more interaction, the better, and the better chance you have to win. So we want to give away some of those T-shirts. If you want to check out the T-shirts and just buy them on our website, we'll take that too. Use the code FLOORPASS for 10% off. All right, Ethan Skolnick, Alex Salido, Greg Sylvander, uh, Alphonse was going to join us tonight off a plane from San Francisco if they won. That didn't happen. So the three of us did the dirty work tonight. We'll be back on Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.